Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, October 27th, 2023. Last Beantown of October, year six. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? My name is Quinn and this is my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast. We are coming to you live from the southwest suburbs of Chicago today. Outside, streaming live outside from the patio. The Ramos Patio, TM. It's copyright. My name is Quinn. Thank you for listening to our show. Thank you for making us one of the top 500 podcasts on the north side of Chicago. And shout out to the great nation of Pakistan for making us the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the great state of Pakistan. Uh, It is a kind of a gloomy day. It's one of those days where you look at the, the sky and you don't even... It's all, it's all homogenous. H-O-M-O-G-E-N-O-U-S. Just cloud. Not clouds, plural. Just cloud. One cloud. That's it. Uh, but temperatures, this is, I think, our last like legit temperature day. Been a weird week here in Chicago. I haven't even been around for most of it, but we've had good temperatures. Uh, I was in Tallahassee. For a grand total of approximately 23 hours. I think I landed at about 5.30, 6 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. And then I my flight left about 5 p.m. on Wednesday. So, you know, I was, I was going through some of the memories. The last time I was down in, in that area, in fact, I think it was the last time I was in Florida. Because I, I do not go to Florida uh, frequently. I haven't vacationed in Florida just casually for fun since I was probably... 13 14 something like that so it's been a solid 15 years uh but last time i was there i was looking through the instagram the you know facebook memories and stuff and i had some more time because i i went for a run in tallahassee i went down around uh, florida a&m university and hbcu south of, of downtown and i also went to a uh, proof is that what it's called proof brewing uh it's, it's just on the south edge of downtown as you're you're leaving downtown just south of the capitol building there uh, I remember going there last time, and then of course we also went to, or I went to, it was a solo trip. Went to Gainesville, Florida. That's where we did our Gator Watch 2019. The is a spent my whole time in Florida, like looking for alligator, and alligator, not even alligators, plural. Excuse me, and I finally went to this like wetlands reserve on the southeast edge of of Gainesville, and I went around this whole park basically with my gator radar on not gator but gator radar gator i guess for short g-a-t-a-r gator like guitar always wanted to play one of those and then you look online and they're like six hundred dollars for the cheap ones and it's like okay i guess i won't play one of those i think the other thing with a guitar is like if you're not actively performing like doing gigs and stuff getting paid for that you kind of have to wonder, is it worth it to actually have a keytar? Because it's like, what are you, what are you really going to do with it? It looks really cool, but I think I would get bothered by the... Uh, I don't know how many keys does a standard keytar have. I know when I play just any sort of piano or keyboard in general, which doesn't happen frequently, but that has less than the full 88 keys, it kind of pisses me off. Speaking of uh, pissing, listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown Podcast. Number one will occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. I Google image searched Kitar. And if you're curious, we're looking at 
like three and a half octaves here. So this one I'm looking at is your classic Korg RK100 37 key guitar synthesizer from Reverb.com. And it goes, uh, we got a C as your low note, then another C, then a third C, then a fourth C, and the top one's an E. So 37 keys. You basically get three full octaves and then a little uh, high D, high E action. Oh, we got Bailey here. It could be our, our uh, recurring segment on the Beantown Podcast, Interview with a Dog. Bailey, you got anything you want to say? found the 30 seconds of the day when she isn't barking that's nice there's a little bit of panting action here i don't know if the uh, phone can pick it up speaking of the phone yes i'm recording on my iphone here we are uh going rogue back roads here on the b-town podcast it was it was a quick turnaround because i don't need to get into all the details but basically i get home from tallahassee at like 11 p.m on wednesday and then by thursday at 7 30 i had to be out of the house for work slash pack it up for a you know, family wedding and stuff. And so I'm like, what do I pack? What do I throw in? Samson never crossed my mind. Uh, but it doesn't mean they're not a great sponsor of this fine program. But so I'm outside, I'm on the patio recording. I'm like, let me do it for my laptop because I got my laptop in front of me. And I do a couple audio checks. The smartest thing I've ever done in 301 episodes of the Beantown Podcast actually test out how you sound before you start recording from just the laptop microphone. And it was just like cutting in and out i was like this is not going to work the bean heads are going to be po'd so i'm like okay the last resort is the iphone it's really not a problem the only thing that i uh, am wary of is like running into storage issues but i don't think you know that's a problem it's more so me just being like paranoid about using my voice memos app to get anything done but uh we're gonna we've done it before we've recorded shows had to blow a hair off my phone recorded shows uh off of off of our iphone before so shout out to apple we're gonna make it work but yeah keytars i think a harmonica is something that i would be more inclined to use harmonica is one of those things i actually still think about from time to time because i listen to a lot of war on drugs and they get a lot of harmonica going in there but i you know i would need the bob dylan thing uh so you know during some songs you can eat or, or, or play the harmonica and sometimes you could like put a I don't know. Those little hot dogs they put on the rollers at 7-Eleven, I think I could put one of those on and chow down. You know what a, a killer food is that slaps every time, and I don't think I've ever not been in the mood for it? A corn dog, man. I think we've talked about this in some capacity on the show before, but whoever came up with the corn dog origin, got to be some, got to be some, like, guy in kansas right who ran like a hot dog stand and he discovered it by accident someday like he was making corn cornbread or something maybe some guy in mississippi i don't know making cornbread cornbread and at his dog like knocked over the hot dogs the pack of hot dogs and it fell into the the cornbread machine and he baked it and he didn't realize it cornbread machine there's a classic everyone has a cornbread machine right kind of like the cornballer from arrested development falls into the cornbread machine and this guy's name would be something like phineas slogleworth or something which is why you always see when you buy uh you know frozen corn dogs in the grocery store they're always called slogworth's corn dogs and he pulls them out and he starts to you know cut up his cornbread and he realized i got a corn dog in there and then maybe he like stuck a stick in there or something and 
I don't know. Do you think the original corn dog was a wooden stick, or do you think they used like a pencil or something? Ticonderoga, T I C O N D E R O G A. I'm pretty sure that was a one of our top ten horse names one of the years, maybe like year two or year three or something. But it's hard to keep track now. We've had sixty distinct homegrown horse names that either I've come up with or friends of the show have come up with. But there you go. That's uh, the Phineas Slogleworth corn dog. That's the origin story in uh, 1927. You know, right before the Great Depression. That's why corn dogs became so uh, such a big Slogworth corn dogs became such a huge hit uh, during the Great Depression because they were inexpensive. You can kind of just use whatever meat you want. It doesn't have to be hot dog as long as it looks like a hot dog. And you just throw it in some cornbread, which I imagine is mostly just like mashed corn and flour and uh, pencils. Right? You don't even need to chop down any trees. You can just stick a pencil in there and then when you're done you can write a review about Slogworth's corn dogs. If you're curious, Slogworth, S just like it sounds. S L O G G L E O W O R T H. Or I guess if you're Dutch it could be W E R T H. Is that a Dutch thing, a German thing, worth like Jason Worth from the uh played for a bunch of different teams with the Phillies, the Nationals, Jason with a Y. J-A-Y, like J-Son, J-Son Worth. Um, uh, speaking of, you know, uh, friends supporting the show and stuff, thank you to everyone who uh, followed our 300th episode last week here, uh, Beantown Podcast, beantownpodcast.com. Thank you to Zach Snyder, director, for calling in. And uh, I didn't want to linger on this fact uh, because it was, you know, kind of bringing the show down, but Gerald Butler not calling in, definitely a bummer, but I guess, you know, like Meatloaf said in his song, Rest in Peace, one out of two ain't bad. So it was a lot of fun. We got to, you know, kind of pull back the curtain, get into the director's chair, one of those kind of high top things with fabric with a crisscross legs. That was pretty exciting. Uh, if you missed it, you can go find the show. You can watch the live video stream on YouTube, youtube.com slash Quinn David Furness, something like that. And you can always find our latest episodes on uh, SoundCloud, uh, not Stitcher, ran out of business, rest in peace, but uh, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, I don't know, whatever. If you have never figured this out because I've never like used an Android phone before. If you have an Android phone, what are your what is like your podcasts? Is, is it just called like Google Podcasts or something or Android Podcasts or is it like a specific name? Because we call it Apple Podcasts, right? I don't know. Too hard to figure out. Um, I want to quickly shout out our sponsors before we talk about uh, some things that are spooking me currently. This is our Halloween special. But I don't want to make it too scary, you know. Uh, of course, our good friends, Samson Q2U Series, could not be with us today through no, <clears throat> no fault of their own. Samson Q2U Series, when God speaks, he uses a Samson. Of course, our good friends, Home Pride Oregon, when you need need your home inspected in Central Oregon, call the experts, people who are safe, certified, doubly insured. Basically, if they mess up, they'll buy your home for a dollar. Would you believe that? Uh, Steve is his name, 541-400-0316. Trusty Steve, T-R-U-S-T-E-E. Speaking of Steve, shout out to uh, Grandma of the Podcast, who has unbelievably been on this show before. Grandma Sal, 
um, turning the big uh, eight something today, it's it's rude to ask. You know, you never ask a woman their age. So when I was on the phone with Grandma Sal earlier today, we didn't ask. You know, you you don't uh, you don't bring it up. But it sounds like they're going to a banging potluck in the party room of the condo tonight. Grandma Sal bringing the uh, shrimp cocktail. Good stuff, freshly caught from Fountain Lake. Which you might think, oh, Fountain Lake, Albert Lee, that's kind of gross. Well, it's better than the the shrimp you get out of Lake Chapeau, which is right out back of the the condo. Wouldn't it be great though, if you're if you're you know not part of the family and you're listening to this? First of all, how'd you find the show? But two, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But it's basically this lake that's about a foot and a half deep. Uh, it's not a, it's not tiny. You know, it's not like a, a small pond or something. It's like a regular sized lake that you can see across. Um, but it's known for its carp, freshwater carp, a Minnesota delicacy. And uh, if you found shrimp in there or any sort of crustacean, I do not recommend eating it. Uh, but happy birthday to Grandma Sal. Hope that potluck is, is banging. We got, I'm sitting outside on the patio. I'm looking, facing indoors. And we got Bailey just being a total spook. Bailey, if you don't know, is the dog of uh, Rachel's parents, Betty and Jose. And she is just, she looks like she wants to eat me. You know, I don't, uh, Cujo, Stephen King, I've never actually read it, but this is what I imagine when I think of Cujo. Bailey's giving me the mean mug. She should be very happy. I just took her for a walk before this. We went a full eighth of a mile and about halfway through, so the one sixteenth of a mile point, she just sat down in the sidewalk and <laughs> she still, so we got blinds. Uh, there are blinds in the kitchen. And she is moving them out of the way with her nose. So you pretty much just see her head just... <laughs> it's like Pet cemetery or something. I'm getting spooked. She's staring right at me. Um, yeah, she just sat for like three minutes with her big booty. I guess, you know, you never ask a woman her age and you never comment on a golden retriever's booty. Those are kind of the golden rules here. But uh, all that is to say, shout out to Homebride Oregon. When you need your home inspection, call the experts. Again, 541-410-0316 or go to homebrideoregon.com. You can also email us the show. You know, we've done 300 episodes now. This is 301. And I'm not going to say we're running out of ideas, but I will say that we have fewer ideas for the show now than we did 300 episodes ago, uh, particularly a day like today. So email us beantownpodcast at yahoo.com it's beantownpodcast at yahoo.com although i know we're we're about to get refreshed with some great stuff great content because we're going to puerto rico one week from tomorrow i don't you know the way the schedule laid out it's a saturday to a friday trip so i don't need to podcast from puerto rico and i'm sure rachel would prefer that but uh, i don't know we'll see what happens they're probably going to stream live next friday a week from today the day before we go and then i guess figure out next week uh, after that but it should be pretty exciting. It's weird to uh, weird to think that uh, it came up fast. One week from tomorrow, we're flying. And I'm gonna have to figure out first of all what is what what's the time in Puerto Rico? Are they the Eastern time? Time? I've done no preparation really for this trip whatsoever. Time in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Yes, one hour ahead. That means that Vikings game that we are. Uh, going to be gone for vikings falcons sunday november 5th there'll be a 1 p.m start time the day after we get there so we'll try to we'll try to stream it maybe on the phone um and then of course our good friends cuts by q when you need a fresh do something snappy or new call the experts at cuts by q 
Uh, we also made it 16 minutes into the show. I didn't preview what we're drinking today. I'm trying a brand new brewery. I just went down the street to the liquor store to pick up a bottle of wine and then a four pack. I know it is, uh, we're like a month late on this, but I got uh, Oktoberfest, surely my last Oktoberfest dip of the year. But this is from Buckle Down Brewing, which is in Lyons, Illinois, which is not far from where I am right now, uh, here in the southwest suburbs, only about five miles away. I don't really know anything about Buckle Down Brewing. Let's see if we go to their website, if we could all learn something new today. But yeah, they're in Lyons, Illinois. Uh, Double Down Dunkel. It's a playing cards-themed beer. That's what they're promoting on their homepage. Pizza now available. This is great. So it's a picture of a pizza. Their color scheme is yellow and, and white. And so the phrase or the, the words on their screen are pizza now available. But pizza and now are yellow and then available is white. So instead of it being like pizza now available, it's pizza now available. Uh, just, you know, these are the things that get me through my day. We go to menu here. Uh, they've got food options, a cheese pizza, sausage pizza, pepperoni pizza, warm pretzel with beer cheese. It sounds good right now. Bag of chips for $1. That's what I'm talking about. Once I once once went to a beer, uh, a bar in uh, oh by the way this is the double down uh, Oktoberfest German style lager 5.2%. It's a tall boy. Uh, so I need to I need to get working on this actually cuz it's going to go flat um, if I'm not careful. It's a very standard Oktoberfest but it's good. I got it because I was indecisive and uh, just wanted to try a new new beer and I knew that it wouldn't let me down. So there we go. One time, uh, brothers of the show, Walt, Jack, and I were in Alaska. We went to a bar. Because it was summer, it still looked like middle of the day, but I think it was like 10 p.m. when we actually like walked in there, maybe maybe like 9. And uh, they had closed their kitchen, but they still had chips. So we drank PBRs, and I think they were like the fun-sized bags of, Dor- of Doritos. I think I had Cool Ranch. Whoa. Something just fell down behind me. Um, the beers that uh, Buckle Down offers, Belt and Suspenders, American IPA, 7%, Cactus Pants, Mexican Lager, Hideout Dreamsicle, Hazy IPA. <laughs> Quick uh, interjection here. I was I was r- flying solo last weekend, like the whole weekend. Um, Sunday, you know, football day, went for a walk in the morning, stopped in at uh, the Jewel to uh, grab some stuff. I made BLTs for lunch, which were killer, like actually really good. Um, and I wanted, you know, I didn't want to drink a ton, but it's like something to sip on while I'm watching. There's Bailey again looking at me through the blinds. Um, getting total spooked. We'll add it to the list. We're going to talk about things that spooked me in a second here. We'll go pretty fast because I want to wrap this up. Um, but I'm like, you know, you, the jewel has a section for just like their their tall boys. You know, you just buy one can, they'll be like either like two fifty or three bucks or something. Oftentimes, they'll, most of their selections there are Goose Island, so you can get like a hazy, a neon, um, Maximus if you're really crazy, which is kind of what I was in the mood for. It's, you know, it's like ten percent, nine percent, something like that, and it's like three bucks um, for the the tall boy, which is great value uh, if you're just like trying to get hammered, basically. But I saw one that I didn't recognize, a, a Goose Island. It was it was like tiki something, and I just was not paying attention, frankly. I had a bunch of stuff in my hands, and I was like, oh, I've never seen this one before. I'll try this. I get home. I realize it's like a margarita cocktail-style beer, and it was basically just like a carbonated margarita 
And of course, you get the tall boy. And man, that thing was so sweet. I'm not going to come out. Bailey is just mean mugging me. This whole show is a spook street. Uh, I'm not going to come out and say, like, oh, it was bad. I think if you were in the right mood in the summer, in the pool, it's like 100 degrees outside, it would be great. But man, it was just like a cozy Sunday watching the, I guess it wasn't Vikings. They played uh, Monday night, beat the 49ers, if you can believe it. But I was like, it took me a full, like, the three-hour that a football game lasts to drink the whole thing because it was so sweet. So I messed that one up. I'll pay more attention next time I'm buying my beer. Oktoberfest, which is what we're drinking right now. Uh, German lager. Party pillow. German hair. German here. I've never seen that before. Here. H-E-R-E. Here beer. I have no idea. When you Google here beer, you just get like the regular word here like here style hair it's got to be like hair right it's german hair frauschnitzel hair style of beer okay i'm not getting anything so i'm wondering if double down is just pulling my leg yeah it says german here i'm not kidding you uh let's get get past this riverside pale ale it's a pale ale if you can believe it alien avatar avatar 2 big letdown uh patrick mcdaniel's an ipa um he's a member of the buckle down brew crew future proof ipa that sounds good um mosaic amarillo and calypso mm. a fruity hop assault to your palate beantown podcast is kind of an assault on your ears so i think that would be a good match imperial rice stout it's a rice stout big rich smooth and tasty where have i heard that before this website is frustrating to me because some of the beers have their percentages listed with them and some of them don't not that it matters to me i'm just a sucker for consistency clencher x green is a double ipa raven's cloak black rye ipa that sounds delicious fat rhino imperial style that's a fun name and then a haunted pale ale so there you go that's buckle down brewing Uh, not a proud sponsor of the show but uh giving them some free press so there you go um the, the 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 topic of today's program is things that spooked me. And I'll mention uh, no palindrome of the day today because I literally just thought of it and haven't done any research and don't want to try to do it on the fly. Um, I will say we will get in on the Taylor Swift you know, stuff here because it's, um, what, it's part of one of our uh, things that spooks me. So here, without further ado, because I just Googled it. And this is perfect. Okay, this was not planned at all, but um, it fits, it, it dovetails perfectly into what i was going to say so the trivia question is very simple what is taylor swift's best selling album and tiebreaker will be decided by how many copies worldwide have been sold this is per a very reputable recite uh website recite as.com whatever that means i have no idea uh let's see it seems like so i just google searched best-selling taylor swift album and it seems like we're getting conflicting information, but uh, we're just going to go with this. No, I, I have multiple websites sourcing this now. So again, the uh, question, what is the best-selling Taylor Swift album currently? And if you know uh, what just happened last night, it's uh, going to be a very easy answer for you. The answer is 1989, Swift's 2014 album. Uh, as of right now, the album has sold... 14,332,116 copies. 
worldwide and she just did a re-release of it last night which dove uh, i already said this but it dovetails perfectly into the first thing that spooks me which wasn't first on my list but it is now excuse me taylor swift number one things that spook me not just taylor swift that's fine but taylor swift copying the beantown podcast by re-releasing 1989 so here's the thing okay so taylor swift 2014 album 1989 it's about the year she was born you know it's all songs about stuff that's happening she's got songs about you know george hw bush and the iran hostage crisis and bay of pigs you know all these you know like 80s late 80s kind of era things khrushchev you know and so i come out you know what three months ago two months ago and i'm like i'm going to make my own album 1889 which is basically you know it's not the year i was born but it's kind of a significant year so we'll be talking about like Irish potato famines and Jane Addams and you know battered women and all that good stuff. You know, you got a great preview of it on that show. I still intend to record some of those songs and make a an LP, I think, or an EP. I guess an LP is like a regular album, right? What LP is limited play, EP is extended play, but an LP is longer than an EP. Is that how that works? It's very confusing. But here's the thing. Taylor just couldn't leave well enough alone. So she comes out last night, kind of on the fly, wasn't planned or anything, and she re-releases 1989 mere weeks after I decided to come up with 1889 Quinn's version. So there's a lot of like copycat stuff going on here. It seems like apparently 14 million copies sold isn't good enough for her because maybe the Beantown podcast is cutting into her market share. I won't be surprised if she comes after me with her attorneys because I know she's extremely litigious. She did that whole thing with her former manager who apparently, per my sources, was really just looking out for her. I think it was the same person that uh, Britney Spears and the Olsen twins have. Obviously a very reputable man. So Taylor Swift and her copycat ways, number one on the thing that spooks me. Number two, mortgage rates slash housing costs. And I know this is not just a Chicago thing, but uh, man, in, in Chicago, it's it's tough. Look, I have no, uh, I'm not uh, naive in this. I don't believe I have no intention of being like I'm going to work in education, and then also be able to afford a house anytime soon, either in Chicago or immediately outside of Chicago, um, or just like what I would consider to be like a regular nice house, not something that's a you know super old, super beat up that sort of thing. I never was under that impression. But what's tough now, and I'm not looking to buy a house tomorrow or anything like that, but it's 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 on my mind month after month paying rent and just there's a lot more to uh you know building up your your portfolio and your uh your your investments in your capital and stuff than just you know rent versus buy right there's maintenance costs there's you know a, a millions of things that go into it it's not it's not as simple as mortgage payment versus rent payment right. But it's something that I'm thinking about. And you look at these mortgage rates, even for someone with killer credit like myself, I think I clocked in like 838 last time I checked out of 850. And um, been hustling my buns off for, we're at like a full, almost four years of working three jobs now. Um, it's just, you know, it's gotten to the point where that's just my norm. But what's crazy is like, if I just worked one job, how much free, I. I can't imagine how much free time I, I would have. That would be insane. I would come up with some like evil plan. It would be bad. I need something to keep me distracted. And making money is a good way to do that for now. But doing all that and it's like 
I'm in a lot better shape than I think a lot of people I know. But, uh, you know, just not getting, not getting that far ahead with these mortgage rates that are like 7%, 8%. I'm just trying to like not buy a house outright, obviously. That's not a thing uh, in this area. But, I, you know, they say like try to do 20% down payment. Well, you look at those, those mortgage rates and it's like, well, you're still going to get, you're going to get slaughtered. So uh, I'm aiming for like 30%. 40% it's inevitably going to involve selling off stocks not like for my 401k or my Roth or something but just my my you know standard brokerage stuff but you got to worry about capital losses capital gains uh, which is uh, not something I really want to do no it spooks me got a hair in my mouth on that sip of beer I don't know if that was mine or maybe that guy who had the beer named after him at uh Buckle Down Brewery. Who knows? Uh, uh, we already gave, we already did an interview with the dog on this show, but Walking Bailey, I already mentioned. It's a, it's a stereotype at this point, but it's one of those. Is a, can a stereotype be true? Because if so, that's what we're dealing with here. Um, I just wanted to get a couple steps in. I mean, we're talking like a thousand steps, less than that, because I've just been sitting on my butt working all day. Not a very exciting Friday. So I took out Bailey. We go around the block. And uh, it's one thing if you want to like saunter, S-A-U-N-T-E-R, around and you know smell. I get it. Like you've been cooped up inside all day. But when you just sit in the sidewalk and like look like your brain is dead and nothing's happening, you won't move in any direction. It's like, what do you want to do? We can get closer to the house. We can get further away from the house. We can go up towards the sky. We can go down into the ground. You can dig. But just sitting there is like, what... So I got spooked and it wasn't just because of the great Halloween decorations in the neighborhood. She wasn't phased by those at all. I mean, I was more scared than she was, but, uh, irregardless, she uh, wouldn't move. It wasn't even like, Oh, there's a spooky spider up ahead. We better stop. We had just passed the spooky house. We were, we were past it. And then she just stopped. No ghouls or gargoyles or haunts. Or creatures of various spooky levels uh, on the horizon, and just stopped. Um, speaking of the decorations, I saw flying through this. We're going to finish up soon here. Skeletons don't really scare me, and I'll tell you why. I know skeletons are, are like a staple of Halloween at this point, but here's why skeletons don't scare me. They those things got to be like, how much is a skeleton going to weigh? Like fifty pounds. Even if you were like a like Daniil Hunter, Vikings defensive end, you're absolutely jacked, you know, 240 pounds or whatever. The skeleton can't weigh that much. I mean, I know bones can be big and long, but it's all muscle. It's all, you know, not for athletes, I was going to say fat, but like the, the bones themselves can't be that bad. I guess the consideration is if it's like Pirates of the Caribbean and the skeletons are undead. But even those skeletons, I feel like... It, it, even so the, they were like regular guys they were undead obviously they're zombies basically but they were like regular guys with skin and muscle and all that stuff and and blood i think yeah they i'm pretty sure they have blood um in the in the daylight and it's only in the moonlight when they turn into skeletons but it's like i don't think 
Something the movie doesn't really address easily, my biggest criticism, Jerry Bruckheimer, if you're listening, is they seem just as strong even when they're just bones and they seemingly lose their uh, their muscle mass in the moonlight compared to their like regular male bodies in uh in you know the daytime so that here's my that's my that's my um uh, point of contention or my point of concern really it's probably why i don't you know i almost never watch that movie again i'm i'm down to like once every other month at this point and it's trending downwards some inconsistencies in the anatomy the physiology but skeletons don't scare me that much um something else that 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 scares me and grandma sal brought it to my attention uh when i i called her this afternoon happy birthday grandma sal never getting to trick or treat so she was telling me about you know teenagers around town um based off some gossip she picked up at the library when she was volunteering about teenagers who are still trick-or-treating and she asked me you know when did you stop trick-or-treating or you know uh, did you trick-or-treat when you were a teenager and i had to break the terrifying news to her the spooky news if you will that i never once in my life got to trick-or-treat um, religious oppression let's just call it what it is religious fanaticism even um you can't participate in halloween because it's it's devil's worship so not a not a big boon of of candy now the flip side of that is getting to go enjoy a dynamite italian meal at lino's restaurant and pizzeria and uh sit under the leaning tower of pisa pretty cool stuff and go to toys r us and pick out a bunch of toys um I'm all for it. I mean, shout out to, you know, parents, grandparents, people who funded those excursions. I love it. I appreciate it. Had a great time. My question is, so trick-or-treating satanic and heathen, but spending money rather than getting free candy and getting dress-ups like something cool like Jesus and spending money at a big, big wig corporation, Toys R Us, you know, obviously they're they're still doing very well because of all the business we gave them. That's that's uh, Christ-like. Not really uh, uh, taking a, a stand one way or another. It's just a it's a curious thing. There's Bailey poking your head. This should have been the video cast. I wish I could just like flip my phone around and, and you could all see as you're listening, just like Bailey mean mugging me right now. She does it for about five seconds and then goes away. She's really unhappy that we're podcasting out here. Um, let's wrap this up here. Three more things that spook me. Pivot tables. I, I'll say this. It's not, it's not a just generic, oh, pivot tables are hard to understand. They're scary. I did a pivot table project today regarding data from many years going back of all of our applicants and their areas of interest, you know, types of law excuse me, and how that correlated to their GPAs, their LSATs, their college majors. Um, it just, it was like a gigantic project that I think in my manager's mind was not going to be that gigantic, but for me to like get her the results, like just frankly, like a couple sentences worth of a trend and summary that she was looking for, I like had to run that data. And it was, it was one of those things where once I finally like figured it out with pivot tables and stuff like exactly how to get at the data i wanted to it was it was not so bad it still took me forever it was one of those things where like i probably could have made it a little bit more efficient if i was even more of a master in pivot tables but i think i've used pivot tables like five times in my life 
And three of those five times were when I was in grad school and like I first heard about the concept of pivot tables. And then I like tried to use it for my own master's thesis and it was just like didn't make sense because I didn't really know how to like code my qualitative research and didn't want to spend the time to do that. Anyways, I spent like three hours in pivot tables today and they don't spook me because they're too hard to figure out or something like that. They're wonderful tools and I use them with some, I was somewhat effective at utilizing them today, but still it gets confusing, right? You got, you got the four quadrants, you got the values, the rows, the columns, and the filters. And it's one of those things where like, because I only use it once a year, basically, I feel like I got to kind of start from scratch, learning like what these things mean and how they interact with each other each time. And that's kind of spooky. So there you go. Two more things. Grapefruit as a hand fruit. To this day, I still like, if you give me like a grapefruit seltzer, I love the flavor. I love just like the idea of grapefruit, but then people who just like cut it in half and eat it for breakfast that's it's it tastes so like i don't even know is it just because it's like overly sour to me sometimes maybe i just had bad grapefruits but it just tastes like bad i don't really know what the uh appropriate flavor description of that is but for me it's just bad like i can't even describe it it's not like it's too sour it just like i don't know if you have ever eaten a grapefruit you probably know what i'm talking about whatever that like flavor is does not work for me and then finally triceratops rounding out the list of things that spook me and the reason is i feel like when we talk about dinosaurs and getting spooked and big teeth and sharp claws we always talk about t-rex or we talk about velociraptor or maybe if you're you know scared of necks a brachiosaurus brachiosaurus brontosaurus what's the difference between those two things brontosaurus brontosaurus is a very like traditional that's what i'm thinking of with the long necks like a little foot in land before time but brachiosaurus looks exactly the same brachiosaurus first okay google search this is the last thing we're going to learn today the main difference this is from paulton's park blog a very reputable source dot uk the main difference between them is their size. Brachiosaurus is much larger and heavier than the smaller Brontosaurus, although they were both incredibly big. Brontosaurus weighed around 33,000 pounds, so 16 tons. Brachiosaurus was more tri- more than triple this weight, up to around 128,000 pounds, 44 tons. Holy crap. There's a good Google image that shows all of them next to each other. Yeah, they're, they're, they look the same, except one is like twice as tall as the other one. So there you go. We learned something. But Triceratops is like the sneaky one, you know. It's kind of like Triceratops is kind of like the hippopotamus. Where we learn about them as kids. They're not like a cute and cuddly. We don't learn about them as like cute, cuddly animals. But we also don't learn about them as like these things are gonna do, going to maul you. But I imagine in real life a Triceratops with the, those big horns could just trample the crap out of you and eat you for lunch. And no one ever really talks about it because we get so obsessed every day, you know, when I'm talking to, you know, friends or aunts, you know, dogs, whatever about dinosaurs. All they talk about is T-Rex, T-Rex, Velociraptor. Ooh. But 
I think Triceratops could really kick the crap out of you. And I just want you to know that I get spooked by him. Guys, that's what I had for you. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, it went from light to dark and to uh, cold because the cold front is moving in. I'm now very chilly during the last 40 minutes. So we're going to head inside. At Bailey's actually out here now. She got so tired of looking at me in, through the window now. She's just lying by me. Uh, let's finish up today's episode with part two of our interview with the dog. Uh, Bailey, you got any final thoughts for us? Bailey. Oh, she hit her nose. Sorry. She hit her nose uh, on the phone, which is maybe a first for the Beantown Podcast. Uh, we got obviously no intro music, and I don't have any outro music queued up for you because I don't want to get busted for copyright. My name is Quinn David Furness. Thank you for listening to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast. Uh, thank you for supporting us. 301 episodes down, 301 to go, and then many more. We'll check in on you next week. Stay safe, stay sane. Bye.